Hello and welcome to Life Sciences in Queensland. My guest today is Dr. Dimity Dornan. Dimity has devoted her life to helping deaf children to listen and speak through Hear and Say, an organisation she established some 30 years ago. Her work is recognised internationally through Hear and Say Worldwide and the establishment of several national and global research collaborations. Dimity is also founder and chair of Bionics Queensland. Welcome, thank you. Hello. Dimity, you have seen thousands of families experience the joy of their child learning to listen, speak and read, as well as enjoy a normal school life, plus go on to forge successful careers. And I'm sure there are many, many examples that you could share with us. How did all of this come about? The short answer is, I got a bee in my bonnet. What happened was there was a really great need for children here in Queensland to, who were deaf um, to learn to listen and speak. That opportunity was not available for them in Queensland. So I decided that something was about to happen that I needed to tell the government they needed to prepare for, and that is that the first bionic ear or cochlear implant had been given to children after being invented in the 70s in 1987. Now in 1987 I could foresee that this would come very quickly and we weren't going to be ready. The other thing that I could foresee after working for many many years in the areas of strokes and head injuries and language disorders that the brain was the true organ of everything but especially for hearing. It wasn't the ears, it was the brain. And I thought that this new bionic ear or cochlear implant would have the ability to access the auditory brain of brand new children who had a a brain like a tabula rasa and would help them to learn to understand and learn language and speech. You must be so proud when you look back. And I'm sure there are many occasions which... You do that because you no doubt meet people in, uh, in your journeys who, who you've helped over, over the years. That's very true. I don't have to look far for my rewards, mostly because they walk and they talk. And around the age of 15, 16, they suddenly realise what a gift it is that they have. And they walk in my office door and tell me about it and, uh, and, and offer to give back at the same time. So if that's not rewarding, I'd like to know what is. Is it true that, that you were the first speech pathologist to work at the Royal Brisbane Hospital? I was. I was the first full-time speech pathologist at Princess Alexandra and the first speech pathologist to work at the Royal Brisbane and now at Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. And what was that like back then? It was very busy. I basically had to run from the top end of the hill to the bottom end of the hill and visit children's, adults, psychiatric, uh, neurology, everything. And uh, there was far more work than one person could do. But it was at a time when speech pathology was very new and everybody was working in a pioneering capacity. And uh, I feel very proud of helping to get that career really acceptable here in Queensland. Mm. And uh, for for Hear and Say Worldwide, uh, that's a significant uh, step, isn't it? Not only in the work that you uh, started early in your career, but beyond Queensland, beyond Australia, now looking around the world helping people, which is significant, no doubt. To me, it's very significant because how many people could say that they helped to get cochlear implants 
the Australian-made cochlear implant, an invented cochlear implant, into Russia. We've covered adherence, say, we've trained professionals in some 54 countries. I thought it was 34 and I counted it yesterday. It's 54. Mm. We need to make sure that people get the very best outcomes for children and adults, and we can only do that by, by training them. What messages, what stories do you hear from families that you've, you've been able to help? From families that I've been able to help, I love to hear how it's benefited the whole family, and in many cases, not just the family, but the community. I love to hear how a child in Kazakhstan who would never have a chance to have a cochlear implant or bionic ear is able to have theirs switched on and then their parents are able to learn how to teach them to listen and speak. And it's that learning part, that soft technology that accompanies the hard technology of the implant itself that makes it work. I mentioned in my introduction that you're also founder of Bionics Queensland. Tell me a bit more about that. Around 2013, I realised that I didn't want to see all the wonderful personal connections that I'd made during this time since 1992 go to waste. I wanted to ensure that people were still able to learn from them and uh, and I was very taken with the other bionics devices that were spinning out of the Australian invented bionic ear. I started to put together the national groups in 2013 into a, a group called Human Bionics Interface but it didn't stop there because I couldn't get the traction with, with a national group. I pulled back to Queensland and was very lucky to find a, a very willing group of supporters who were willing to give some time at no cost, as I had done to get here and say started. And uh, today we have a full-time CEO, Dr Robin Stokes, and it's going extraordinarily well. It's beyond the bionic ear. We're talking about other elements of our body. Yes, we are. We're talking a lot more elements of our body. We're talking um, bionic sensors, bionic mobility, uh, bionic organs, and neural and AI-enabled bionics. It's a whole new board ball game, and it includes not only the bionics devices that we think of automatically when we think of bionics, but also a new branch of bionics called autobionics, which is entirely different because it involves all the um, system reorganisation, all of the regeneration of tissue or redesignation of tissue, which is coming out of all the biofabrication industry. And that's being now interfaced with artificial intelligence and with the different sorts of devices that are coming together. So we've got this convergence of sciences at the same time as the convergence of so many things in the internet that's given us, for the first time, connectable, translatable, able to be issued, able to be transposed to distance treatments that we, we've never had this before. And it's really been exciting because it's been kicked along by COVID, which is not exciting, but um, all of the gains that we've made in the area of teleconferencing and remote treatments are really now coming to the fore there. Mm. All of that has is what's making this acceleration possible in the in the area of human bionics because there's so much rapid growth as you said happening at the moment. Yes, it's got the power to be a very very large economical advantage for Australia. 
what do you see are the the ethical policies that that must be developed to govern their use? They are many, and we really haven't started very far along that track yet. The most basic things are to protect the rights of the end user or the consumer, um, and also to make sure, because of this connectivity, that we don't get hackers coming in. We have to have a lot of cyber security put in place as well. Now, they're just two of the most obvious things. Also, we have to be very careful when when the uh, ability or enhancements outstrip what a normal human being would have. And then you have problems like going off to the Olympics and not knowing whether someone with some Paralympian with a, um, a, a wonderful device in a limb is not better or superior to someone who's a human who runs on two legs. You mentioned the challenges we're all facing because of COVID, but post-COVID, what changes or benefits might we see in your field? Well, I think many different options for treating formerly untreatable medical conditions. Lots lots of scope for re-examining what we've always done in the past and translating it to a new connected world where people feel it's normal to um, practice medicine and science remotely. Here in Say, we know is is worldwide and continues to grow and to, to help families, as we've talked about. What about in the field of bionics and, and, and our place on the world stage? Uh, how are we seen by others, the work we're doing here in Queensland? I'm busy telling everybody what the connection is because the Australian-invented bionic ear was the first successfully commercialised neuromodulation device, one that interfaces with the brain and the nervous system and the human body. And in some cases, as in the bionic ear, it makes changes that are permanent. It's a very enviable position to be in. And we have certain thought leadership because of that. And personally, I want to pass that on to um, to others who are still coming along. I want to leverage our strengths here in Queensland in particular to build sovereign capability for Australia and to grow the industry, to develop new industries and grow and transform the bionics industry for Queensland and for Australia. Mm. Are we attracting uh, experts from around the world who want to come to Queensland to work with you? Most definitely. And as we look forward five to ten years... What are you hoping to achieve? I'm planting the seeds of forests that I'll never see grow, but I want to see those saplings grow really strong. And those who will benefit from uh, Bionics Queensland, how much input are they providing, those who, who might be disabled in some, in some form? What sort of input are they providing? We are, are using our potential consumers or people who are already consumers to help us to guide the devices and treatments of the future, and that's the most magic part. Queensland has a bionic heart, a bionic pancreas, um, and so many other devices that are coming along. Um, We're we're able to contribute to just about every area of bionics, if not all of them. I think that we've only just started. And Dimity, I understand that bionic devices can treat disease conditions for which pharmacological and medical interventions have have often been challenged by. Why is that? 
There are often no solutions for really untreatable medical conditions that in the past we haven't been able to find the secrets of. Well, there, there are new ways of treating it that bionics has revealed. For example, with epilepsy, there's neuromodulation studies going on now that will try and change the course of ep- epilepsy or treat it before it starts or lessen it. Um, things like Parkinson's. Parkinson's disease, we can now treat that with deep brain stimulation. Things like Tourette's syndrome, we can now use neuromodulation for those. And we can even stimulate the vagal nerve, which has a lot of influences all over the body. So that's just one very small instance of things that we can do in the future. And all of this is happening here in Queensland? Yes, we have the beginnings of it right here. In fact, in the last two years, Bionics Queensland has had uh, a Bionics Challenge 2020 and 2021. Last year went extraordinarily well and we have some devices which are being accelerated now towards commercialisation. And this year we had our first national prize which is sponsored by Morgan's Financial. That was absolutely wonderful and the bionic pancreas won that. So we are really, really starting to see some traction now from putting together these groups, helping them to share their knowledge and providing them with some seed funding. Well, from the early days as a speech pathologist at uh, at the Royal Brisbane Hospital, Princess Alexandra, as you mentioned, to uh, hear and say, now worldwide, moving now to Bionics Queensland, you must be so proud of the work that you and everyone else is doing. And, and I guess uh, that's, what, uh, that's what makes life just so special here in Queensland, doesn't it? Yes, I think that, uh, that we're very lucky with the climate, the science climate. It was set down by a very wonderful... American philanthropist some years ago who built great big science institutions and medical institutions at our major uh, universities and we're just starting to reap that culture now. Dr Dimity Donnan, all the very best in the work that you continue to do and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks Anthony. Thanks Anthony.